Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. This is Phil Haugen coming to you from our training facility here in Weatherford, Oklahoma on a beautiful, I'm actually recording this on a Wednesday morning. This is NFR week, so the NFR starts the end of this week, so you'll be listening to this a week or two after the finals is over. So I'm excited, I'm always excited for that, I love I love NFR week. It's uh it's a great 10 days and I really admire those people that get to compete at that level and have gotten themselves to that level because that is such a tremendous accomplishment. I mean, a tremendous accomplishment. You talk about sacrifice, you talk about hard work, preparation, it's just a great week and it's you know the viewership on the cowboy channel is has been through the roof for the for the rodeo or for the national finals rodeo and a lot of you know the the rodeo coverage all year the viewership's up attendance at the rodeos is up prize money's up there's a lot of good things happening in that industry and uh, there's always challenges and there's always going to be challenges. Here's, here's the thing with anything that's growing is going to have growing pains. And do, do they, you know, is there always something that needs to be looked at or addressed? Absolutely, there is. But growth is good. Growing pains are good. So probably the, the NFR will probably be over when you hear this. And so congratulations to all the contestants at the national finals rodeo and all the events because that's a that's a tremendous tremendous accomplishment for those and for those that you know but behind everybody there's a team and and congratulations to their teams that helped them get there and helped them while they were there and helped them all year long because it, it's a it's a group effort it, it takes a tremendous amount of commitment, but it's, uh, you know, when you, when you reach a goal like that, it, it's, it's special. It's special. So anyway, my hat's off to them. Couple things today. Oh, I got several things to talk about. One of the first things though I'm going to talk about is growing up, I always heard about I'd have people tell me, you know, get that horse's hindquarter underneath them. Get that, get them, get them on their butt. Well, we've all heard that, and I bet, I bet I rode horses for shoot 15 years before I really figured out how to do that. You know, I mean, tra- trained horses, where to where to where I really figured out how to do that, and I say figured it out. I mean. Others had figured it out ahead of me, and I learned from some of them, and I learned some stuff on my own. But, you know, I think all of us, 
whether we realize it or not, are dealing with that basically, you know, every day in about any discipline, especially any discipline where you have to accelerate and then rate, turn, or rate and stop. Any, any discipline, any of the speed events where you have any maneuvers in there, you're going to deal with this. One of the things I had to figure out was why, why is that so hard to get the hindquarter disengaged? And through experiences and through trial and error, you know, I started to realize that the reason it's so hard to get a horse disengaged on their hindquarters is because of the fact, just the way to begin with, the fact that a horse is born front end loaded. So a horse has got, you know, I've heard as high as 75% of their weight on their front end. I had a vet tell me that. I had a veterinarian at one of my clinics that said that it was 70 to 75% of their weight on their front end. I've always said anywhere from 60 to 70% of their weight is already on their front end, which I'm, which I'm sure 60 is too low. I'm sure it's higher than that. But, you know, so that's the first thing I had to understand. And then from there, why, why are they front end loaded? Well, it's pretty easy. I mean, when you look at a horse, they've got their neck, head and neck out in front of their shoulders. Well, it's like your horse is born with this big old anchor out in front of them. And that anchor is what's keeping that extra weight or the majority of their weight on that front end. Well, it just makes sense that any time the front feet start getting sticky or quit moving, that anchor, there's going to be centrifugal force that brings that anchor forward and down, or even if it's up you're still going to have that extra weight on that front end. Well, so the key there is, is first thing is understanding for my horse to have any kind of hindquarter disengagement, I have to keep that front end freed up and moving. Because you think about it, if the front end doesn't get out of the way, how's the back end going to come through? How's a horse going to slide if the front end doesn't keep moving to where that horse's body can change the balance point to where that hind leg can stay underneath them. And it's just like sliding down a hill, right? I mean, it's just like going off a hill and sliding down a hill. Well, you know, that disengaging, you know, in not disengaging, excuse me, engaging the hind quarters in a stop it is an exercise that you know you start at a walk and i mean you you can start that exercise just by walking down the fence sitting taking your legs off and if your horse if you don't feel that hind quarter come underneath you you don't feel that engagement just tip their nose into the fence keep the shoulders moving, keep the shoulders coming through and go back the other direction and do it again. And pretty soon 
there will come a time where you'll feel that little bit of slide of that hind end come underneath your horse and you'll feel that engagement. But the big thing there is, is understanding that that front end has to stay freed up. You have to have those shoulders soft. And without those soft shoulders, any kind of a stop rate or turn is really, really difficult. And it's really hard on your horse. The thing is, you know, I always go back to this really and truly. I just, you know, this year we had about, I think, 25 events or so, maybe a few more than that. And just about, well, really and truly everywhere I go and every event I head here, whether it be private clinics, public clinics, mentorship weeks, one of the biggest challenges we all have is collection. Well, collection is helping your horse understand that by putting their body in a more balanced position, there is a release there for them to where there's got to be a release in there. Otherwise, your horse is not going to try to go to that place. Like, that's why holding one in a collected position to where you just physically hold them there, even though you have your horse in somewhat of a collected position, but if you're holding them and they're not just finding that release point, going to that spot and finding that release point, the holding them will never work because without them trying to find that release, they will never naturally go to that body position. Well, the reason collection is so important is we get some of that weight redistributed off of their front end onto their back end. And, and we get more to more of a 50-50 balance. You, you have to remember, and, and this, this took me a while to really get the gist of all this, but really and truly now, Everything I do, I'm really focused on controlling the shoulders, the rib cage, and the hindquarters. Because you think about it, the head and neck, you can do all you want with the head and neck. But if we don't have control of the feet, and we don't have control of the rib cage, and we don't have control of helping that horse get to that balanced position, which, which we do use the head and neck to do that. But at the same time, there's got to be that redistribution of weight from the front end to the back end. And there's got to be that rounding in your horse's back. And they need to be in a habit of going to that position because they're looking for that release point or the reward for doing that. And, and we've got to create that habit and we have to maintain that habit. So... It's just like for me, this the last two weeks, I had uh, lens replacement surgery in my eyes, and uh, they're doing better. It's uh, started, things started out a little fuzzy, but it's getting better. And for the first week or so, they don't, they don't want you doing basically anything, which was rough. So all the horses, we've got a set of horses here. And there are six of them that every day we would have on the exerciser with flexion rigs. 
and my flexion rig is designed to where the reins with a rubber bungee on them, they have reins and a leather bungee on them, and when you snap it to the bridle, whatever you have, a D-ring snaffler, if you've got a shank snaffler, whatever you have on your horse, it's designed to when they're moving just at a light jog, as soon as their head, neck, their back rounds, they go to that collected position, there's 100% release. Well, just like this last week or 10 days, being able to put them on there every day and working on that, those horses have reinforced that habit of going to that collected position. Now I've gotten released so I can go back to riding and I'm going to feel the benefit of that, of the repetition of them understanding where that release point is. And, you know, the thing is, when you help your horse understand how to get their body in a position to engage that hindquarter, what you're doing is helping them make their job easier, make their life easier, make things easier on them. The thing, I always say this, you know, with horses, you know, the softer you get them, the less you have to do. I mean, you just start to pick up on them and they're getting ready. Well, that, them understanding that and them understanding where that release point is makes their life so much better, so much better. I mean, if I was a horse, I wouldn't like getting tugged or jerked on to get a, get a response from me. It would make me get defensive. It'd be like me every time, if I was working for somebody, every time they wanted me to do something, they physically grabbed me and started throwing me towards the barn or pushing me or shoving me. Well, eventually you're, you're, I mean, if, eventually, if not immediately, you're going to get defensive. You're going to go to protecting yourself. You're going to go to associating that person with a negative response. Well, just like with our horses, it is so important when we're thinking about getting that hind quarter engagement, it's so important to understand that that horse has five body parts, head, neck, shoulders, rib cage, and hind quarters, and all five of them body parts play a role in getting that hind quarter engaged and getting that horse more balanced, okay? Like a horse cannot slide down the arena if they have 60% of the weight on the front end and 40 on the back end. It's got to be somewhat flip-flopped, right? Well, there's got to, so if you, even if you say your horse is 65% front end loaded, 35% hind end loaded, okay? 65 and 35, well, you got to get the back end to at least, you know, maybe a 55% on the back end, 45 on the front end. Well, you're, you're talking about a big change. You know, you got to get 20% more weight on that back end and 20% off of the front end. Well, you know, that would, there has to be a redistribution. Well, the way we do that, the way you get that hind end engaged and get that horse more balanced 
okay just keep that front end moving keep that front end those shoulders loosened up and help get that horse round in their back behind the bridle you know one of the things that i do when i'm working on collection is you know i it, for me it's a two-step process i always collect a horse in front of the shoulders and then at the pole front of the shoulders then at the pole because to get my horses as round as i want them to be i have to do the shoulders then the pole to get that nice roundness and you may not have to do that but most of the people i know that's how they do it most of the people that are really good at it and and there's always exceptions so i'm not telling you if you don't do it that way and you're having great success shoot more power to you do what you're doing i'm not i'm not telling anybody what to do on that but for me personally i always collect my horses in front of the shoulders then at the pole that way i feel like i have a better chance of getting them round in their back as soon as i get them rounder in their back or in a position to get more bat at least get more balanced then i can get them more engaged with that hind quarter and i'm not you know i'm not a reining horse trainer or cow horse trainer i mean i don't i've never trained one of those horses and complete competed in that discipline so you know if you're around one of those guys and you're you're struggling with this visit with them about it get a lesson with them talk to them about it and see how they do it because those horses are the biggest stoppers in the world handy handy horses now the difference here is too you know the majority of my expertise is on the running bred horses well the running bred horses and you know i started out a roper then i rode a ton of running bred horses and now i'm kind of combining the two and using things that have helped me in the roping use that on the running bred horses and you know because the running bred horses they're not built to be big stoppers big sliders but we got it they they're built to run really fast be super athletic but we gotta help them get ready to get engaged on their hindquarters because if not you have a heck of a lot of weight hitting on the front end of that horse going into any kind of a stop rate or turn well most veterinarians will tell you you know 65 percent of the lameness issues are on the front end or more you know i've had that conversation with several veterinarians and and the number might vary a little bit but i mean you know it's always it's just an estimation but long story short just say you know you're two-thirds more likely to have a lameness issue on the front end than the back end why well because two-thirds of the weight's on the front end it's a simple deal right so you know anything you can do to help your horse help your horse get more balanced and and get get more engaged on their hind quarter you're going to help the longevity of your horse the soundness of your horse you know the hawks the hawks are a low motion joint some maintenance on their hawks and geez a horse can be horse can be a stopper you know can run and stop for a lot of years 
a lot of years. I mean, it's a horse that engages that hind end and has that big stop. They'll last, to me, this is my opinion, to me, they'll last a whole lot longer than a horse that stops on that front end, jabs that front end in the ground, and then you've got all the weight and the centrifugal force of the weight pushing forward onto that front end when a horse stops and is, is front end loaded. I mean, if anybody that's been to one of my clinics or been to one of my private events or the mentorship week, you know, they, I talk about it all the time. I absolutely hate a horse that's sticky footed in the front end. Two things, you're unbalanced. And anytime your horse is sticky footed on the front end, you're losing momentum. Anytime you lose momentum, you lose time. Well, I mean, in the performance horse world, most all events are timed events. You know, some are judged events, right? But a lot of them are timed events. Well, you don't want to lose that forward motion. You don't want to lose that momentum. It just makes your horse's job harder if you do. Anytime you, they get sticky footed, the next thing that happens, they get stuck in that rib cage pretty soon. They're shouldering in a turn. They're dropping with more weight on that inside front foot than on the outside front foot. You know, you want your weight on that outside front foot in a turn, not on the inside front foot. You know, so anytime that, that horse gets front end loaded or sticky footed on the front end. I just, God, I just hate that. And it's rough. It's if it, I always, I always go back to this too. When I'm working a horse, if they're like riding around in a square wheeled wagon and it's rough and it's hurts your back and it's no fun, it probably feels the same to them. They're probably not enjoying what we're doing either. You know, so that engaging the hindquarter, you know, it's it's funny. I, when I was a kid, I'd have people tell me that, and I'd be like, right? So really, when I was a kid, somebody said, get that horse on their back end, get them stopping. You know what I'd do? I'd pull harder on my bridle reins. You know, and you know what that causes? That causes the front end to get stickier. So then pretty soon when I go into a stop, it's like, riding a pogo stick with four legs going to a stop that horse be sticky on the front end and then you're just anybody ever seen a horse go into their stop sticky on their front end and then they have to jump up kind of come up out of it and go back into their stop that's what happens when they get sticky on their front end that's when they what happens when they get front end loaded they don't have either they come up or you're going to go end over end. The back end's going to come over the front end. So a horse will go into their stop and be front end loaded, hit so hard that eventually they kind of pop up out of it so that they can go back into it again. And it's just so stinking hard on a horse. Well, it's hard on you too. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, in the breakaway roping, you know, the breakaway roping is just, it's just an awesome event. And I tell you what, I'm so proud for the pioneers of that event and where it's 
where it's gotten to now because that that's that's one of the best events in rodeo i mean it's a great event it's a it's come so far it's not going to be but you know hopefully in the next couple years they it's a part of the national finals rodeo at the thomas and mac you know and watching those breakaway horses as and i and i really don't have a dog in the fight but if i had somebody out there riding one of my horses or if if i had somebody out there that i was mentoring that's that's rope and one of the things that i would have them doing in between every rodeo is working their horse to keep that hind quarter disengaged and keep those shoulders freed up that front end moving and help that horse stay in that stop without having to come out of it when they get sticky footed in the front end because you know here's the thing when you watch the ropers today everybody's so dadgum handy that for half a dozen of them to be too flat or too one or whatever it's no big surprise and then you know they rope so quick and they've got to you know when it goes around their neck they're helping their horse shut it off because because it's a timed event and you have to right but at the same time in between in between runs you can do some things to where you can help that horse stay loosened up in those shoulders and and keep that front end moving so it's easier for that horse to engage into that stop well it'll it'll keep your horse stronger in their stop it'll keep your horse more balanced it'll make it to where they don't take a throw away from you you know for any horse in any of those performance events where they have to rate stop or turn keeping that front end loosened up keeping those shoulders loosened up keeping that hind quarter engaged those are great exercises those are things that i do more and more every day because number one i I just love a horse that rides around real balanced and i love a horse with a big stop a really nice smooth rate nice smooth turn where their body's in a position where the front end you just that front end keeps moving and they just you just guide them through a turn i mean it's just it makes everything else you're doing so much easier and it makes it easier on your horse so you know i i'd been waiting a while to do the uh podcast on engaging the hindquarters because you know it's something that's i've been meaning to do on all year and just hadn't got around to it but it's it's so important i mean and and i would tell you this just like going into next year if that's one thing that you help your horse improve on it will definitely benefit you in multiple ways as you go through the year it'll not only make your horse's job easier because their body position will be better but it makes your job easier. And when your job's easier and their job's easier, you're gonna have more confidence. And confidence, increasing confidence, gaining more confidence leads to more success. It's just that simple.
So anyway, I hope that helps. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Share it if you would. We're really close to bumping up over the million mark for downloads and we'd like to get there before the end of the year but if not we'll get there in january so thanks to all of you i hope you have if uh you may be hearing this right before christmas i hope you have a wonderful christmas i will tell you one thing take the time enjoy your loved ones you know in enjoy this time of year enjoy this time of year have a great week God bless each and every one of you. And as always, today and every day, let's be our best. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, head over to philhagenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at philhagenhorsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better, whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.